This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about food bloat, and we're not just talking about the day of Thanksgiving. We'll be right back after these messages. So now I've got this pack of four Sharpe Rescue dogs for, oh my goodness, probably five, six years. They get a regular diet of Dynavite with every meal. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. People remark on what beautiful coats they've got. I tell them, you don't need to wait until a problem presents itself. It's far better to keep the dog happy and healthy at all times. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about food bloat. If you've ever heard of food bloat, you're probably thinking it's the same thing as gastric dilatation or gastric dilatation volvulus, what we abbreviate GDV. Now, in a previous episode of ER Vet, which we recorded, gosh, almost two years ago, I definitely recommend that you check that out, especially if you're a standard poodle owner, a Labrador retriever owner, a German shepherd owner, an Irish wolfhound owner, or any giant breed dog that has a really deep chest. So make sure to find that one that's on GDV or gastric dilatation volvulus. What I wanted to talk about today is something less life-threatening. Now, you still need to go to the ER vet or to your veterinarian if your dog has food bloat, but some important differentiators that I wanted to talk about. Now, this rarely happens in cats. And trust me, my cat oftentimes will eat a whole bowl of food and then vomit it out later, but that's different. Most of the time when we see a dog developing food bloat, it's what we call gluttony bloat. Yep, you heard it, gluttony. It's when your dog gorges on a massive amount of food. And typically what's happened is somebody left the Tupperware container open or they opened the closet door and the dog was able to open the whole container and eat five to 10 pounds of dog food. So this is usually a gluttonous, huge, massive amount of food. And when that happens, that obviously results in too much food in the stomach and too much air in the stomach. Now, food bloat is really similar semantically to gastric dilatation. That's just a fancy way or medical way of us saying that the stomach is dilated. However, with food bloat, it is very different from a GDV or twisted stomach. With a twisted stomach or gastric dilatation volvulus, it's the V in volvulus that's life-threatening. With a GDV, that's when the stomach was so distended, it actually twists and it results in a life-threatening obstruction to your dog. With food bloat, thankfully, that one typically does not need to be surgically corrected. 
but you still need to get to the ER vet and you still need to get to your veterinarian because we want to make sure it doesn't become a GDV. Now, I will say that gastric dilatation can actually occur without getting into a source of food. So even though we oftentimes call this gluttony bloat, there are some times when dogs will just bloat on their own. And that typically happens if your dog is having difficulty breathing or difficulty exhaling air. When that happens, they end up having a stomach full of air from breathing so hard. If your dog is really anxious, it's a first time being boarded, they're going to a groomer, they may be panting constantly, and that can also result in excessive inhalation of air. And last, if your dog has a medical reason for gas not emptying out of the stomach normally, now normally the stomach should contract and all that food, liquid, saliva, and air goes directly into the duodenum, which is the first part of the small intestine. There are some times when we can see delayed stomach emptying. Now, sometimes this is from certain medications. If your dog is on a pain medication like an opioid, that can slow down the contraction of the intestinal tract. If your dog has a stomach tumor that's actually blocking the sphincter, that could prevent the stomach from emptying. And in some small dogs like Shih Tzu's, Pekingese, or Lassa Opsas, they sometimes can get pyloric hypertrophy, which is a fancy way of saying there's too much tissue towards the back part of the stomach or the pylorus. Now, if your dog has any of those conditions, be aware you do have to carefully monitor them for developing gastric dilatation without a source of food. Now, I mentioned before how food bloat typically isn't life-threatening, but it does still require veterinary care. And the main reason why is because I want to make sure it doesn't become a GDV. The biggest concern about food bloat is it stretches your dog's stomach a lot. And no, it's extremely rare for your dog's stomach to rupture. But just like the way you feel after Thanksgiving when you ate six pounds of turkey, food bloat can be really painful and it can actually result in gastric upset, whether it's vomiting or diarrhea or drooling from nausea. It can also result in pancreatitis, which is inflammation of the pancreas. We talked about this in a previous episode of ER Vet, so go back and check that out especially if you're a Shetland Sheepdog owner, a Miniature Schnauzer owner, or a Yorkshire Terrier owner. Those three breeds are really predisposed to inflammation of the pancreas, and that can potentially be deadly. The last concern about food bloat that I keep on harping on is it does predispose that patient towards potentially developing that twisted stomach or that gastric dilatation volvulus. Now, that's because as the stomach distends, it's more likely to rotate abnormality. So food bloat, you have to monitor for. Now, there's no specific breed that's predisposed to food bloat, but I'm going to say in my clinical experience, it's Labrador Retrievers. Not only are these the most popular dogs in the United States and North America, but they're the most voracious, gluttonous, food-motivated dogs. That's why they're more predisposed. They oftentimes are overweight, they're often on a weight-restricted diet, and all of a sudden they've gotten into the closet and they've gotten into a bag of cat food. They're going to try to eat the whole thing all at once. So what are you going to notice? Well, you usually can tell when you come home and your dog has that guilty look. As you look around the house, you may find the closet door open or the dog container spilled or that new bag of cat food chewed up. If you notice that, you definitely have to get to your vet. 
Why? Because we can see some clinical signs. Not only is your dog going to physically look bloated where their abdomen is really distended, but they may be drooling a lot. And that's due to nausea from an overstretched stomach. They may be vomiting or lethargic, not able to walk well. They may be waddling. They may be panting a lot because that distended stomach is pushing up against the diaphragm, making it harder for them to breathe. They may be anxious or have a racing heart rate. They may have shortness of breath or be panting excessively. Their belly can be painful. And they can have what I call sprung ribs. And that's when their chest cavity or the ribs actually look filled out. If you touch their belly, their belly may be really firm or hard to the touch. Now, that's a little bit different with certain breeds of dogs. Standard poodles typically hide their stomach underneath the rib cage. So they don't always show that really distended stomach. So just be aware, not all dogs may display a distended stomach. If you notice any of these signs at all, get to a vet immediately or get to your ER vet, even if it's in the middle of the night. This is especially important if you notice any clinical signs of GDV, again, that twisted stomach. And the number one sign to me is anxiety, a racing heart rate, and non-productive retching. When your dog is retching like, but nothing's coming out. And that means they can't burp off that gas because the stomach is twisted. We'll be right back after these important messages from our sponsors. During this COVID-19 pandemic, I'll admit, I've been ordering everything from groceries to disinfectants to cleaners to cosmetics to more online. And of course, I couldn't leave out my dog, who, by the way, is the world's best pit bull ever. He needs some loving too. After all, I've had some great quality time surviving the pandemic, thanks to my own dog and cat, of course. And my godsend, having a pit bull-proof dog toy like the Kong toy. These things are indestructible, and that's why I love my Kong box. When you order a Kong box, you'll get a few toys, delicious treats, and a few recipes to try too. My last Kong box came with its own Cheese Whiz-like flavor to stuff into the Kong. My dog loves the sweet potato spread Kong stuffing. Even my cat wants to eat it. For my listeners, go to kongbox.com forward slash ER vet and get your first box free with your subscription and a dollar donation. If you and your dog don't absolutely love the box, you can cancel your subscription for a small fee, but I doubt you will. You just can't beat the value and convenience of a Kong box subscription. So help a dog in need and your first box is free. Go to kongbox.com forward slash ER vet. That's K-O-N-G-B-O-X.com forward slash ER vet. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We're talking about food bloat today, which is what we often call gluttony bloat. This is different from gastric dilatation volvulus or GDV, which is a twisted stomach. That is a life-threatening emergency and you have to get to your ER vet immediately. But with food bloat, this is usually when your dog gets into a big bag of cat food or a new bag of dog food. And if you notice it, you still need to get to your vet because it still requires medical care, but it doesn't typically require surgery. 
So once you get to your vet, what are they going to do? Well, they're going to ask you some questions. They're going to examine your dog and they're going to do some abdominal x-rays. We usually want to do x-rays when your dog is lying on the right side of the table. So that's what we call a right lateral radiograph. This is really important because it'll help us determine whether or not your dog has a twisted stomach. So when in doubt, say to your vet, I want a right lateral radiograph to make sure he doesn't have a GDV and your vet will be really wowed. What do we do next? Well, most of the time for treatment of food bloat, there's a couple of different options we have. The first one is to put your dog on IV fluids. I usually put them on a lot of IV fluids because that's going to help hydrate them. The next thing I do is I add them on medications like metoclopramide that help stimulate emptying of the stomach and contraction of the intestines. I also will measure the stomach. I actually use a measuring tape and wrap it around the outside of the body to measure the belly to make sure it's not getting bigger or the abdominal distension isn't developing into a GDV. I might get some basic blood work just to check the electrolytes to make sure those are okay. Now, depending on how full the stomach is on x-ray, I oftentimes will try inducing vomiting. And I want to do this medically at the veterinary clinic because sometimes it can actually make your dog signs worse. You never want to do that until we've ruled out a GDV. So please do not do this at home. Leave it to the veterinary professionals when it comes to inducing vomiting with food bloat. Again, that's because we want to make sure it's not a 360 degree gastric dilatation volvulus. Now, if your dog is food bloat, I've taken x-rays, I've ruled out that it's a GDV, then I may induce vomiting. And when I induce vomiting, I usually will use a prescription medication called apomorphine to make your dog vomit. If the material doesn't come out, sometimes I'll actually, quote, pump the stomach. That's called gastric lavage. But unfortunately, that has to be done under heavy sedation or general anesthesia. Very, very, very rarely, emergency surgery can be considered to help evacuate the stomach and actually staple the stomach to the body wall. That's what we call a gastropexy. It's not the same thing as humans saying, oh, I had gastric bypass or I had my stomach staple. That's different. That's to help you lose weight. When we do a gastropexy, that is stapling the stomach to the body wall so it doesn't twist. And honestly, I rarely do surgery for food bloat. I really only recommend it if your dog's stomach is so distended, it's not emptying based on, you know, 24 hours of hospitalization, and your dog is a breed that is at risk for developing a GDV, so maybe a Great Dane. Thankfully, the majority of dogs often respond to medical management and supportive care. Again, not all vets will induce vomiting. When in doubt, contact a veterinary specialist for advice on whether or not you should have emesis induced. But most of the time, the prognosis is excellent. We'll usually then start them on small amounts of water. They don't get food for typically 24 hours, but we'll start them on small amounts to help stimulate that stomach to contract. More importantly, prevent an expensive or costly visit in the middle of the night to your ER vet. Food bloat's totally preventable. Careful attention to pet proofing is the most important thing. Make sure that you secure all your garbage cans, your pet food containers out of reach in a closet. And if you need to, put a child-proof lock on it to make sure that door stays closed. This is important so your dog doesn't get into anything or doesn't develop food bloat or accidental ingestion of anything else potentially dangerous. The second thing you can do is crate train your dog. I'm talking to you, Labrador Retriever owners. The ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center gets 
100,000 calls a year and 90% of them are from dogs. And that's because dogs love to get into stuff. And I'm going to say the number one breed that they get calls from are Labrador Retriever owners just because they love to eat. So when in doubt, crate train your dog. And this will also help pet proof. It'll make sure your dog is safe in a den-like environment when you're at work. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.